part of the way we found ourselves in the lifestyle was making sure that all of her needs were being met. She wasn't going crazy with only Dick in her life. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their funny, sexy, and fascinating stories as they take us on their journey. Sit back, relax, and just accept the fact that your time with us will be spent in an awkward turmoil of laughter and arousal. We should also let you know that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. If that kind of thing offends you, we suggest that you keep listening until it no longer does. If you're under 18, you either need to stop listening or go get your parents and listen as a family. The choice is yours. Enjoy! Welcome everyone to episode four of the Normalizing Non-Monogamy podcast. I'm Emma. And I'm Finn. And we've got an awesome interview lined up for you today with two of our good friends that we met at Desire. First, we wanted to put a couple thank yous out there. Yeah, we had a lot of support this past week when we launched from the community on Twitter and specifically a lot of the other podcasters in the lifestyle genre. So we wanted to say thank you to all of them for their support and helping us along. It really wouldn't have been possible without you guys. We also wanted to specifically thank Taylor and Ryan and Malik and Nadia for sharing their stories with us for our first... Well, Malik and Nadia of the Monogamy Disrupted podcast. Yes, I can't avail- forget that part. Available on iTunes. <laughs> but it was wonderful to talk with them and it was great to have them for our first two of our first interviews, I guess. Yeah, no, it was awesome. And we also really quick wanted to give a shout out to uh, the... One review we got on Stitcher, it was from Dr. Zesty, and we debated on whether or not to read this because there's some debate on how to pronounce some of the words. (laughs) So we're going to we're going to go with uh, this this reading. It says, I enjoy the substantive and honest conversations about this taboo subject. I'm optimistic this is going to be a good one. So we weren't sure if that's substantive or substantive, but either way, I don't know. It's close enough. You get, you get the point. So (laughs) thank you to Dr. Zesty for that wonderful review. And we hopefully can get some more reviews on iTunes and Stitcher and Google. Yeah. Thank you very much. And also we wanted to mention that on Monday this week, we were on a podcast called Gay Talk 2.0 and we were on a live stream with them on Monday evening and it was a blast. Yeah, those guys are super awesome, and they're doing a lot of great things. So if you haven't listened to them, definitely give it a try. Um, You won't be disappointed. So we're going to go ahead and jump into the interview. But before we do, we just wanted to remind everyone, please reach out to us um, at NNM Podcast on Twitter or send us an email uh, at nnmpodcast at gmail.com. Or just go to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com, and there's a contact page. Reach out to us. Leave us feedback. That's how we make the show better for you guys. And also, if you want to come on and have a chat with us, we'd love to have you. Yep. Now on to the show. Hi, everyone. We're here via Skype with Phoenix and Beast, two of our good friends that we met two years ago during a Life on the Swing Set takeover trip to Desire Riviera Maya. 
If you think these are pseudonyms to protect their identity, you are definitely wrong. They are, in fact, their real superhero names. So to get us started, can you guys tell us a little bit about who you are? Uh, Hi, this is Phoenix. Um, I'm, let's see, 44, and um, I forget all the wonderful things that we're supposed to say as part of our introductory words. So (laughs) let me hand it off to my uh, favorite person. Uh, Hi, this is Beast. I'm 42. We are a married couple in a major East Coast city uh, with no kids, and we've been sleeping with other people for about five years now. Is that right? And we've been together for six Six years. I'm a terrible wife. (laughs) (laughs) So based on that short description, it leads me to think that you lean closer to the swinging side of things rather than polyamory. Would you say that's a fair assessment? I think that's probably the best term that we can come up with. Um, I mean, I think it's such a broad, it's obviously a broad category, so we can give you a few more details about our particular style and genre of swinging. Um, Yeah, you want me to start off with that or you want to add anything to the label? No, I, all the, any label is going to be a little bit imprecise. There's always some rounding involved. I think in our case, there's maybe a little bit more rounding yeah. than with some other couples. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's important to explain why that is, because you guys have a little bit of a, a different dynamic than most that, that we've ever met, which is one of our favorite things about getting to know you guys over the past few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then uh, I'll do a little bit of the origin story. Um, So um, before we met, I basically spent 20 years of my life as an out lesbian, Um, have an ex-wife, was, you know, very much uh, very, you know, I was out at work. It was it was known. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, uh, you know, after my my former spouse and I split, um, I went through this, uh, period where I thought, you know what, I don't know, maybe I'll give the other team a shot just for a little while, just you know, variety that, I'm, <laughs> that I, I haven't dated in for like forever. I don't know how to do this. And what the heck I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the other team a shot for a little while. So, um, so <laughs> me and I met <laughs> and, um, we had a very amusing, uh, so I didn't, I didn't lead with this when I was dating men. Um, you know, it was all sort of exploratory for me and I wasn't exactly sure how one, at, at what point in your dating, uh, process is the right time to say, Oh, by the way, normally I screw women. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I picked a really amazing time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> I don't know. We, we've been, seeing each other for a couple months at that point. And, uh, I can't remember if this was before or after the, are we going to, um, be exclusive with each other? I think it was before, but I might be off. It's right around there. So we we were doing the normal, like, are we going steady thing? Cause I thought that, you know, that's, that's what, that was, that's what one does. Got to define the relationship, right? So, right. And, um, my housemates at the time had been giving me a lot of crap about, you know, you really ought to tell him. You better tell him. You better tell him. You better tell him. Okay, I'm going to tell him. I just don't don't exactly, exactly when. So we had just finished having sex, and Beast made a, 
a comment that um, he thought was just pure silliness about um, what something something along the lines of um, oh yeah uh, you were probably a lesbian until graduation or you know all those times that you've been I don't know fooling around with all the women's sports teams or something. <laughs> I, I guess this is a good time to add that we're both <laughs> former athletes. And well, we try to be current athletes, yes. but we, we were college athletes and Phoenix had some maybe stereotypical features in her background. And maybe that's why <laughs> I said this. I don't, I don't unfortunately remember. I had a crazy haircut in college. Saying this. <laughs> so I, I can't, um, I can't add much to this story, but uh, the, that, that part of the story. The bottom line was that Beast said something innocuous that he thought was really funny. And instead of um, uh, realizing that he was just being glib, I like froze in bed and tightened up. And, and what's going through my head is, oh, my God, he knows. He knows. <laughs> Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense. How could he know? Oh, but now you haven't said anything and you haven't laughed. So now he knows something's wrong. <laughs> completely oblivious to all this. This is all like noise in my head. Yeah. So I forget exactly what I said, but I, I was sort of like, uh, so we at one point had had a conversation about our pasts and she had told me that she'd been married previously. And it never occurred to me that it was to a woman. <laughs> so we finished having sex. We're chatting in bed. And she says, you know, my ex was a woman. And I remember lying back and staring at the ceiling and saying something, you know, really insightful, like, wow. No, I didn't say it that way. He, he, was, he went for, like, totally neutral, like, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's a surprise. My, I think maybe the wow was the in, the inside voice. <laughs> the inside voice. Because, and like, meanwhile, like, my heart is pounding out of my chest. I'm like, I wonder, okay, so is he just going to get out of the bed now and leave? Um, like, a, I'm totally freaked out because I'm having to, I'm coming out. I'm going yeah. through the coming out process. I guess that's an important point that this meant so, this was an example of something that has recurred in our our exploration of swinging too, that things mean different things to us. And what's a very significant revelation from Phoenix meant very little to me. Mm -hmm. uh, it didn't, it was, this wasn't, she was concerned that this was something that would make me leave. Mm -hmm. And instead it was just, you know, the very soft explosion of my brain. <laughs> because it, it was, again, something that I hadn't, thought would happen. Uh, so that was fascinating. Anyway. And it's possible that while I was freaking out, you also might've been thinking underreact. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Does this mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. There, there was also a, a I, I'm pretty sure my mind exploded for a while and then very quickly went to, gosh, we could have threesomes. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Try to be sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so how how long did it take uh for you to decide that it was appropriate to ask her for that threesome that you were <laughs> you were you were trying to avoid asking for 
<laughs> I didn't ask for it, actually. Um, and, and maybe this is me being uh, subtly manipulative, but I don't think so. Um, I don't think you did either. We had a later conversation about fantasies, and Phoenix told me that threesomes were something that she'd always been interested in. So at that point, we pretty quickly began looking for opportunities for threesomes, which led us in kind of the wrong direction. For we had no idea how to do this. It's like, okay, how do you make that happen? I don't know. Yeah. We, and, and not that we made any major blunders and we don't have any regrets, but looking back, we were pretty dumb. Yeah. Well, there's no, well, there's no script for this. How are you supposed to know how to, how to do it? No. So we went to um, a party uh, that, you know, was organized that had, I don't know, sort of overtones of, um, being a little bit sexy, like not in any big way, but it was, was, uh, it was sort of a gothy ravey party that, I mean, there was a lot of skin being shown and there were go-go dancers, but there wasn't any overt nudity and no overt sexuality. So I guess you might call it kind of a lifestyle adjacent Mm -hmm. event. I think there were probably were a fair number of, of swingers and kinky people in the crowd, but Certainly, there was just a vanilla uh, behavior code being observed. Right, right. Um, and we did that a couple times and, you know, sort of pointed out women to each other and said, mm. and, you know, didn't but, really find anybody that was. Yeah, but there, there was. This, this is the funny story, though. There was one. <laughs> no, later. later. Was so, it even, I thought this was really early. It was re, it was early, but it was after we'd done this sort of thing a couple times without finding anybody who was of interest or really even making that much effort. There were, you know, it was a, sort of an amusing occasion when Phoenix started to kind of hit on a woman who, of course, turned out to be a professional dancer. <laughs> you know, she'd been paid by the organizers to be there and look hot. That's probably not going to work out very well. Anyway, we just didn't, it just didn't uh, go anywhere. And I was pretty content with going to these events and being patient and exploring. But Phoenix decided it had to happen now. I'm a little bit goal-oriented. So, you know, once I have a mission, like... Let's th- come on. Let's get that. Let's get down to do this. We got to make this happen. We got you know. We really need a project plan for this. Let's figure it out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all about the Gantt chart, really. You yeah. Gotta, it's... So we went to this one event that again we we I think we had a notion that there that this was a space where there might be other people with this kind of interest and had a great time. It was a costume party, ravey thing, and didn't get anywhere, but we still had fun. But I had talked to a bunch of people, and as a consequence of these uh, discussions, uh, we got home, and I said, Beast, I got it figured out. I know how we're going to make this happen. We need to go to Dragon Con. That's how we're going to get laid. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess we, if we're being vague about our locale, I guess we should say we do not live in Atlanta. (laughs) And... uh, a plane ride and a hotel room. And... We got to go to Dragon Con. Anyway. Um, and and I... we had this hilarious discussion where we said, why do you think we need to go there? 
well, you know what? These are creative people. There are a bunch of them there last night. They're all dressing up. I'm sure that after the, you know, after the gaming during the day, they're going back to the hotels and having, you know, crazy dragon con sex. We got to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Which to be fair, might be true. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. apparently happen, at least with some people. But, uh, what, Phoenix didn't know is that I had already found a club nearby that had swinger nights and why it hadn't occurred to me to go there with her previously. I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, anyway, we kind of had a laugh about the difference between a what 20 minute drive and, uh, <laughs> well, you had said, flight. if you want to do this, we don't actually have to travel to DragonCon. <laughs> up down the street here. It's about 20 minutes. Why don't we just try that? Oh! Um, could so you, I, could I you still found... dress like dragons if you wanted? Was that a theme night, maybe? <laughs> dressing up. Our, our, very, our first night, our first... It was Halloween. It was Halloween. Yeah, wow. So we refer to Halloween as our anniversary. Oh, uh, good one. I'll add a little... Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I am the wit. <laughs> um, I had found this club while uh, before, well before meeting Phoenix, uh, while single. I went through a phase when it seemed every woman I went on a date with wanted to be physically dominated in, in one way or another, and that's not my style. And it frankly made me a little bit uncomfortable that that's what they wanted. These were women who, at least one of them said she wanted me to shave my head and get a bunch of tattoos. Um, and look at you now. <laughs> a little bit more beastly than my, my name indicates. So I had gone to newbie nights at this club, which is primarily focused on kink. Mm-hmm. And it did a lot to ease my mind about kink stuff, although it further convinced me that Kink's not really my thing. But along the way, I had noticed that they did these lifestyle nights. So we ended up going there for Halloween and had a good time. Didn't do anything. Met some people, talked to people, had some very kind of amusingly blunt conversations about, what is this? How does this work? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, everyone was really friendly and welcoming. And, you know, we initially just sort of sat off to the side with, drinks trying to become comfortable and host couples kept coming over and trying to say hi. And I think we tried to say hi back, but uh, I don't know how well that went, but anyway, we did that a couple times and became more comfortable with it, but didn't ultimately act on anything until we ended up at a house party months later and sort of found ourselves in an orgy. We had <laughs> just um, like one does, you know, yeah. that's standard yeah, standard well, Saturday night. <laughs> I mean, we knew that there was potential for this when we went to this, but we didn't realize it was going to be like, oh, this is how you actually make it happen. Right. <laughs> we just happened to make friends with the right people. Uh, the we had met the host couple for this house party at another event. And so when we showed up, they just invited us right on in with their group. Mm-hmm. And when it got time to be naked, they just grabbed a bunch of people and went to the play space. And we were with them. Yeah, and I would say maybe not 
super traditional for people to jump straight from zero to orgy on their first try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Going into this, had you guys talked about rules and boundaries if you had found yourself in that space? I think we, I, I don't remember very specifically what kind of limitations we had set at the time. I mean, I know that we talked through these things. And I think, you know, one piece of advice that I have is that, you know, you're never going to anticipate all the different situations that come up the first couple times. And so there's always going to be a little ambiguity. And that doesn't mean that your partner is necessarily trying to be nasty to you. It just means you, you didn't think about a particular situation. And so that's something that you can discuss in the future. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. We didn't have anything come up on that first, uh, on that first event, um, are, so I am actually very comfortable with beast playing with other women. Um, so it doesn't have to be a threesome dynamic. Um, what were you telling me? There's that term hot wife. So the hot, the hot <laughs> wife, when we were talking through how we wanted to describe ourselves, uh, we talked a little bit about the term hot wifing. And this was something Phoenix hadn't actually come across, so I had to explain it to her. <laughs> this happens a lot. <laughs> uh, but and our, our dynamic apparently is the reverse. Uh, <laughs> Phoenix very much likes to watch me with other women mm-hmm. rather than... The, now, I like to screw around with other women, too. Um, and, and really our... But it's, it's both of those dynamics at once that make things fun for us. Our first experiences were all about Phoenix playing with other women while I was nearby, and then the two of us playing together. Uh, And I I think it stands to reason that that's just easier to set up. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, In part because Phoenix has as yet not been comfortable playing with other men. So without the, the swap dynamic in place, this is part of the reason we say we're rounding to swingers. It's a pretty big rounding right. because I, I don't know what other label would really apply to us, but orgy sexual. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, orgy specialists. <laughs> um, when we meet other couples, they have often been put off by the idea that yeah. the, their male half is not going to get to play with Phoenix. Yeah. So I guess if if I was going to lend some advice to any male halves that stumble into your presence, they do have the option of um, holding palm trees for for you while you get fucked by by beasts. So maybe maybe this is a, a good time to tell one of my, actually my favorite stories from our trip at Desire was we uh, this was our second year there and we had known you guys from the previous year and and phoenix you're typically pretty i'd say you're pretty reserved most of the time and this night was the one time i think i've ever seen you really drunk and <laughs> and, and you came into the hot tub it was i don't know 10 o'clock at night or something and you were pretty well Excited. on your way and you just came up to like a group of us and you're like we're going to go up on the beds and fucking stuff. So if anybody wants to come up there, come on up. And I was like, well, clearly she doesn't mean me. So I'm just going to stay in the hot tub. But, but Emma goes up there and you guys, and there was a couple other women and mostly it was just beast and a whole bunch of women on this bed. (laughs) And, And after like 10 minutes, someone comes over and they're like, 
hey, they, they want you up on the bed. And I was like, ooh, cool. I'm going to go have some fun. And then I get up there and they're like, hey, can you uh, hold this palm tree? It's <laughs> it's really it's really rubbing beast think, on the back while he's trying to bang all these women. And I, I think like, I said that. <laughs> I think I asked. I was the one that pulled you in and, and had you do that. So I, so I stood there for like 20 minutes while you serviced all these women. And I just held this palm tree. Yeah, I have to say I do not remember servicing all these women. No. But, but I like your I like your version better. <laughs> there were there were maybe well, three of us up there. So I'm counting that for my personal self. I'm counting that as having had sex with Phoenix. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> but I think that's a I think that's a good point though that there are other ways to be involved and have fun in one of these big events. Mm -hmm. uh, being the lube fairy can be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, right. <laughs> seeing or, or the condom caddy or, or whatever. Sure. Um, making sure people have what they need. Uh, Towels. <laughs> Towels are yeah. huge. Very useful. <laughs> yeah. I often, it's you know, depending on the particular dynamic at, at a, a group setting, that is often a role that I'll gravitate towards because it lets me be involved and um, have fun and be a little silly and supportive. And right, um, right. yeah. And sometimes it's a, a little bit more of a comfortable entree. Sure. Um, have you guys found that the, the group settings really work better for you just by dint of you not necessarily always clicking with another couple, I guess, because your ultimate goal, not, not necessarily goal, but would be to find that unicorn, which, you know, a lot of people talk about the single woman being the unicorn. And it's, it's even more fitting for your guys dynamic that a single woman would be an appropriate, maybe match for that. So does the group dynamic allow that to happen a little easier? You know, I think part of it, I mean, we've, we've had a couple of experiences where we've had this, the, the single, single female and, uh, you know, it's certainly been a lot of fun, but there's something about the orgy dynamic that is just a blast. I mean, I think the fluidity, I think the playfulness, um, uh, that there's a lot going on, uh, that, you know, sometimes we'll have, we might be in slightly separate spaces, um, and, uh, we may catch each other's eyes across the room or, you know, there's, there's just, um, something fun to share. Uh, but yeah, I think all the different things going on. Um, so if I, if personally, if I had to rank it, I'd probably rather have group sex than, um, the, the, probably the just three people dynamic, but, um, not, I'm not objecting to that either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I agree. Um, there's something wonderful about being able to move around and, and having a little bit less of a specific goal. Not that it, it's not wonderful to focus attention on one person at a time, but that, you know, showing up at a party and having the option of flirting with many people and watching people as well as participating and being the, the, towel caddy or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, also, we're not always fucking. Yeah. It's, you know, you can socialize and, and laugh and that's, that's great. And it's easier if I can you know, leave Phoenix with whatever pile of ladies she's <laughs> found. And, uh, and then I can talk with my friends or, uh, 
Anyway, it's a different dynamic, and I, I think we do ultimately prefer it. Yeah, I think that's. But of course, it's hard to set up. It's in some ways even harder than the unicorn yeah. situation is set up. Uh, it's happened for us more often, but that's been because we've gone to desire and these other big events. Uh, if we tried to set up our own orgy, I, we'd really struggle, I think. Yeah. We just don't know enough people uh, in any one place that we could make that happen. Yeah. Right. I think my favorite part about the orgy dynamic too is that like Beast was saying, you don't have to be fucking the whole time. There's not a, I guess, an expectation necessarily that you have to play with a certain person and that like if it's right. just four of us, you kind of have that expectation. Whereas if there's a whole group of people, you don't have that. It's a little bit less pressure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's a, it's sort of a funny counterintuitive aspect that, you might expect there to be more pressure because right. there is all yeah. this sex and all these naked people and gosh, you have to do something except maybe you don't have to just now and you can sit back and have a yeah. drink, let other people do their thing. And watch the craziness, the live porn in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this episode is brought to us by Orgies. That's our, <laughs> our sponsor for today's episode. Uh, Orgies TM. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it seems like this whole sex with other people thing has had a fairly positive impact on your relationship. Are there any other benefits that you guys have noticed so far? I think it, I think it forces a certain amount of communication. I mean, maybe forces is not quite the right term, but, um, uh, you know, if you're going to do this, you really should be talking about it a lot. And I think it creates uh, an opportunity to talk more about sex and your preferences and what's working well. And, um, yeah, so I think it, I think it creates more opportunities to talk about things in a way that, you know, you're supposed to with your partner, but I don't know. I, I guess the novelty of it uh, it makes it more likely that you'll talk through some things that maybe you would be, you might be more inclined to take for granted right. when you're just getting it on together. Sort of in the same way that not everything can be anticipated ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, that you can't have a rule for everything that's going to emerge while you're exploring this dynamic. There's always something new to talk about. And so that, that helps with the, keep the relationship fresh and keep us communicating. It is, I have to say, it's also really fun, uh, especially given Phoenix's preference for women to be able to scope out celebrities or athletes or whatever and nudge each other. Yeah, that's fun. (laughs) Usually I'm the bigger pig and I'm like, Hey, Hey, turn around. I think that's a new trainer. She's pretty hot. What do you think? (laughs) You know, has the fact that Phoenix was an out lesbian for many years ever been the source of insecurities or concerns while navigating a lifestyle that is already really tricky? No, but it was one of the things that we talked about very early on when we were opening up our relationship. Um, I wanted to make sure when she told me that she'd been almost exclusively with women that that she wasn't going to feel deprived without women if she and I were exclusive. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the way we found ourselves in the lifestyle was making sure that 
all of her needs were being met. She wasn't going crazy with only Dick in her life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As far as jealousy, it's, it's never come up. Part of that is that we have always played in the same room or at least in the, in some, in pretty much the same space. Mm-hmm. So we can always check in on each other. Um, to the extent I've ever been jealous, it's not, it hasn't really been jealousy so much as it's been insecurity that everybody wants to sleep with Phoenix. <laughs> and my... yeah, cause, hold on a minute. You pull a lot of pussy at desire. <laughs> And I have no right to complain. I have no right to complain. But but there's still a discrepancy there between how women are more aggressive with other women than they are with men. I think that's just generally true. Yeah, I agree. It's been true in my experience. And so the sense, especially if I'm in a new space and being a little bit cautious in putting myself out there or flirting or whatever, that uh, she's getting more attention. And so that has created a little bit of insecurity at times. But it's not really jealousy. And you know, if Phoenix gets laid, I'm happy for her, <laughs> whether or not anything happens with me, because we always go home together. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the best part. <laughs> yeah, I think um, one of the things that I've realized is... Um, you know, the, the space where I could start to feel jealous or insecure in a really bad way would really be more around, um, the sort of, uh, emotional intimacy. So if, if beast wanted to go have a date with a woman and then go back and have sex together, and I was not involved in that dynamic, that would make me feel pretty bad. So I think that's probably, maybe where that crossover into poly, uh, comes into play. And maybe that's a space that, you know, at least, I mean, I'm certainly not real comfortable with that. That would be the space where I'd start to feel really insecure. Cause I, I think there's something about, um, our emotional connection and intimacy where, yeah, you know, I want, I want to be that special one. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I, I guess, um, you know, not to say that polys, uh, poly couples don't experience that dynamic for each other. It's just that I think for me, um, another person sharing those kinds of more individual experiences would, would be a, not comfortable. Yeah. So that's not a dynamic you guys have really explored. It's mostly been party-based uh, pleasure, so to speak. <laughs> party-based pleasure. I like it. I like that, too. <laughs> have you guys decided to be out to anybody? Have you told any family or friends about what you guys what your dynamic's like? We've told a very few friends, um, and it's been just fine. Uh, one, in one case, it's a long-term friend of mine who it turns out is also open, uh, or at least was. I'm not entirely sure. Um, and in the other case, it's friends who are kind of curious. And, you know, they haven't made any steps yet, but... Um, and. I think it might be a little bit weird for us to play with them. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. That's not why we added ourselves to them. Right, right. Um, 
But it's, you know, if they wanted to go along to a party, it would be wonderful to have more people we know along the way. And it would honestly be kind of fun to help another couple explore this. Yeah. We benefited from some wonderful mentors, mentors and be, being able to return Orgy the favor. mentors. <laughs> <laughs> being able to return the favor would be great. Right. So I think maybe one of the misconceptions that people have from outside of this world is that when they meet swingers or people who are in non-monogamous relationships, that it's something that they're doing all the time, every day, every week. It sounds like that's not really the way that you guys operate. Was that a fair statement? It, yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the management duties, the, the social organizing. Oh, God, it would be exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> we thought we were the world's worst swingers. And then we met couples at Desire who are even less active, even less regularly than we are. And yeah, I guess we felt a little bit better about that. But <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, there's the idea of the um, high holy day Catholics. <laughs> we're almost high holy day swingers. <laughs> <laughs> With Desire being holy week. Holy right, week, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to we'll nail Cooper to a cross next year. Oh, God. <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> I, think, I think he would appreciate it, actually. Only as long as it's a, what, St. Andrew's cross? Yeah. Then I think you'd be in. <laughs> um, you know, I wanted to go back, though, to the, um, just briefly to the, uh, the topic of being out about this. So just to add a little bit of a different um, wrinkle or perspective on this, um, I think one of the things that's been a little challenging for me is that, you know, I've gone through most of my life being out as a sexual minority. Yeah. And it's very, it's been a big, weird adjustment for me now. You know, when I meet new people, I'm I look heterosexual. I'm not. So that whole aspect of my identity is, is vanished. And so, you know, we had some discussions for a while about whether or not we really should be more out and not so much that, um, and it was really more tied to, um, me wanting to be open about the fact that, you know, women are still a part of my life. And I think maybe I found other ways of doing that as, as, as people get to know me a little bit and, you know, my, my history comes out and, you know, if, if we're hanging out socially, like there's a group of these friends that, you know, I've gotten to be pretty good friends with. And, uh, we were playing, we were actually together recently playing, what is that red flag or red flag, yeah, which is hilarious. Um, but they were all really cute about, you know, coming when they were like proposing my dream date or whatever, uh, they kept it focused on women. It was really cute. It was really, <laughs> so I, you know, things like that make me feel a little less, it feels a little less urgent to find a way of being out about this. Right. Just as long as that aspect of my identity is, is still with me and still somewhat visible. I think one of the challenges about being out about swinging is that, um, it's so much about sexual practice. Um, it's not that it's not part of our identities, but it's so much closer to sexual practice, right. um, in some ways. And I think that is maybe, um, a space where folks are not entirely comfortable with. Yeah. So it sounds like, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you struggle a little bit with not letting the swinging, keeping swinging a secret, pulling your 
your sexual orientation back into the closet, so to speak, where you, you know, you'd spend so much time out that you don't want to be pulled back in just because you decided to to marry a man Mm -hmm. and that there's no good way to, to make that known without it sort of being known that you have sex with women, which sort of makes you a, even more of a pariah, I guess, in, in a sense, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think you said it really well. And I mean, at the end of the day, you know, most people don't really want to talk about their friends' sexual activities per se. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, that's like do. sometimes that's good good girl talk, you <laughs> yeah. know, maybe when you're dating and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, for the most part, that's not what people want to talk to each other about. And so, you know, there's a struggle between how do you be out about your identity without making people feel uncomfortable that you're sure. talking about things that maybe you wouldn't bring up normally over cocktails. Yeah. Like you feel the need to bring it up over and over and over again, just so that they know it's clear yeah. that what your sexual identity is, but then you make them really uncomfortable by doing that. <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. The line between identity and practice is, is an interesting one. And I know there are people who feel very strongly that their identity is swingers. Right. Right because it's such a big part of their lives. Uh, we just happen to fall on the other side of that. There's, yeah. no, there's no judgment on our behalf about people who feel that way. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yep. just not us. Like we said, we're high holy day swingers. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good term. <laughs> uh, is there any advice that you wish you knew now, what, four or four and a half years into this, that you would go back and give to your first day on the job swingers except not not, not, desire i'll say not to go to dragon con right (laughs) skip dragon con and go and just fly straight to desire right yeah i don't know that there's anything that we really needed to know that we didn't uh and and i don't say that because we're we have fat heads it's just that we took our time we didn't jump into anything too soon we were open about our insecurities i mean i think the the best advice that i could have given myself was to just keep being patient and uh to trust that it's gonna happen ultimately it will happen and it'll happen in in a good way yeah uh i've heard some horrible stories about people's first experiences and uh, I'm I'm really glad we we didn't have that. But um, <laughs> part of that was again because we took our time and and uh, went slow. Yeah. Have there been any times where you guys have considered closing your back up your relationship for any reason? No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, again, not to not to say we have fat heads about it, but. Uh, we talked everything through and and we did have a few hiccups along the way, but they turned out to be mostly about things we hadn't communicated to each other. Well, not that we were not anything we regretted or anything that we blamed each other for. Yeah. Well, so here's, here's a a good example, kind of a good lighthearted story. Um, Early on we went to, there was another party that we had gone to. It was another costume party. I don't know what it is about costumes and swingers, but you know, (laughs) there's something there. Um, (laughs) There's a Venn diagram for that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) um, And we hadn't been to this party before and it was, it was really amazing. I mean, I still like, I have such good memories of this, but um, 
at one point, um, we had sort of gotten separated. I think I was chasing after a woman and you were chasing after a woman. And, um, then, uh, when I realized that our group was probably going to go off and find a playroom, I was like, well, shit, where's beast? I gotta get him. He can't miss this. <laughs> and I went dashing around trying to find you, which I found you pretty quickly. And he had because his... I was already in the playroom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he had a space between a woman's thighs. It was like, Oh, Okay. All right, I thought we were going to do this together, but eh, whatever. All right, fine. We'll talk about this later. It's this is not this is not a not this is not a big deal. This was part of what we were. Um, uh, this is part of what we're here for. We just hadn't talked about whether or not we were going to get this engaged with somebody else when we were not in the same space. So okay, note to self: we'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, "Hey guys, I'm sorry to interrupt, but like we're going to go to this. There's a whole group of us. Want to come? Please come." <laughs> to a different playroom. <laughs> yeah, it was a different playroom that we ended up going to, I think. I think it was the yeah. same one. But so I assume right. Beast just picked her up, never left between her legs, just carried her <laughs> on his shoulders, just and buried in there. It retends <laughs> for the, uh, the landing. Um, the, the other hiccup that I, that I recall that, that honestly caused slightly more hurt feelings was, uh, again, the result of my sense that Phoenix was going to be the one who would attract people to us as a couple. And the knowledge that Phoenix was interested in women. And I didn't want to be the creepy guy who went around to women and said, hey, how about you fuck my wife? (laughs) So I was, in a way that I didn't appreciate, pushing her out and putting all of the onus on Phoenix to set us up. And that caused some hurt feelings. Uh, But once she said, did you realize you're doing this? I stopped. Yeah. And now we're in a place where of course, I don't really feel we need to do that anymore. Yeah. Now, yeah. You're, now you're the bait. <laughs> I just take my shirt off and yeah. hands go fly. And, and then Phoenix picks whichever girl off of you that she wants and takes her <laughs> over. And... <laughs> I was just going to say that I think we can relate to that a little bit because when Finn and I go to, have been at parties before, um, there's been times where he pushes me to be like, you're the woman, you should go try to go meet these people or go dance with these people because most people want the woman to go dance with them. And right. that's really hard for me to go out and do that. So um, we've had many discussions about that too. And it, and it's, and just to, to quickly defend myself, it's not so much. Yeah, I didn't much... mean to attack you. <laughs> no, and, and it's, it's happened. It happens I'll, I'll, not as much anymore, but it has happened quite a bit. And it's, because you see this happen over and over again at the at these clubs and on the dance floor where it's a couple's dancing here and a couple's dancing here and then the women get closer and the women get closer right. mm-hmm. and then one woman starts touching another and then it sort of snowballs from there. Mm-hmm. But we're very introverted, very shy, and that's that's not Emma's thing. She's not the type of person to just go up to another woman on the dance floor and start dancing with her. Especially if I don't know you at all. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's different if I've had a yeah, conversation with you. Sure, but you're not just going to go up to some random couple and start grinding on their woman. So it's 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we've experienced a very similar uh, situation ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and it does seem a lot like it's a pretty common dynamic where the women will be the ones that sort of do the approaching and the initial discussion. I don't, yeah. I don't know why that is. Um, in some ways, I think, you know, the idea is you can kind of look at it two ways. And I think it's all in how each of us experiences it. On the one hand, that puts the woman in the driver's seat um, and gives her a lot more of the control mm-hmm. over the situation, which can be really positive. Um, and actually very supportive at the same time for those of us who are, um, terrified little introverts, I'm so with you, Uh um, (laughs) you know, feeling like it, you know, feeling it can suddenly switch very quickly. It's like the other side of the coin to, um, it's my responsibility to, you know, I'm the one who's supposed to bring the people in. I'm the bait. And that can be, that can be a, a very, a negative dynamic. So, you know, it's, it's it, the same thing, probably depending on the particular situation can be experienced. Yeah. It's very yeah, and it's, and it's a hard, it's a hard line to balance, right? Because you, in one sense, you want the woman to be the stronger side of it. Because for us, if we're approached by a couple and it's the guy who's like, Hey, we're, he comes on as a strong presence and the woman's behind him doesn't seem to want to be there that sets off some red flags for us too. Like, right. Does, exactly. she, does she even yeah. want to be here? Is yeah. this, yes. yep. so it's, it's hard. What do you, yeah, it's almost a, a lose, lose, not really a lose, lose, but it's a, it's a balance you have to strike between yeah. being outgoing enough, but not forcing you to be uncomfortable. I, I just to add to that, I think it also puts a lot of pressure on women to be or behave as if they're bisexual. Yeah, yep, exactly. And not every woman is into that. Right. Yeah, yeah that's that's 100% true. I think a lot of it has to do with our society in general, too, because the women, you want women to have that power and be able to have make more of the decisions and not feel like they're being forced into something, um, mm-hmm. just in, in life in general. But, like, for the introverts, it's it just can be tricky. And it's, and like you said too, not every woman. And I guess I would identify more as like by comfortable. I, I really enjoy women, but I'm not going to just seek them out solely. So it makes it really hard in a sexual situation too to sometimes navigate some of that. Yeah. Yep. But before we let you guys go, we wanted to know if, if there was any words of wisdom that you would want to share with, new people that are starting to explore this from, from any angle that maybe you would like to impart some knowledge upon them. I would say you can't communicate enough over communicate. (laughs) There aren't enough words. Um, uh, and, um, you know, I think as we described early on, you're not going to be able to anticipate all situations. So, um, just giving each other a little bit of space to, um, you know, if something comes up, you can always find a place to briefly have a quick chat. Um, but you know, maybe, maybe assume good intentions and recognize that maybe there was, there are some spaces that you didn't quite hash out and it's okay if some feelings come up and, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that anybody was trying to be deliberately hurtful. So give your partner, give your partner the benefit of the doubt. If when you get into some uncertainty, 
and um, just, yeah, keep talking about it and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think it's important to recognize how many opportunities you're going to have. The first party you attend is not going to be the last. And you don't have so, to do it all in one night. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, that's excellent advice. Cause that's something that we struggled with early on was we'd meet a couple and we would almost feel like, well, we better make it happen tonight because what if we never do this again? And then you find yourself in situations that you're not happy that you're in, yeah. but you just keep powering through. Cause you think, well, what if this never happens? Ring that again? Bell. Yeah. yeah. So I have to say, I was shocked at how, prevalent swinging was. And, and I'm not saying it's a huge community, but that I think growing up, I would have believed it was a myth yeah. that, or, or that it happened a handful of times among a very limited group of weirdos. Mm-hmm. But it's and just that it's a huge group of weirdos instead of a limited. It, it turns out <laughs> uh, that there are all these websites with all these couples on them and all these events going on across the country every weekend. Uh, there's no reason to rush out and nail the first couple who contacts you. There's no need to go on Craigslist. No. <laughs> uh, you can do better. You can meet people in person and form honest friendships before you get naked together. Yeah. So when you guys started getting into this and started having these discussions, were there some resources that you found along the way that that were most beneficial to you to to guide you in the right direction i wish i had better answers but uh i started out listening to sex is fun Mm -hmm. and from there found life on the swing set and life on the swing set has been far and away the best resource i've found most of the swinger podcasts that i've listened to have been about what we did last weekend and those stories while they can be fun get old quickly yeah so i just i never stuck with any of those right yeah sure and you dogged on poor craigslist a little bit if if you were going to find a different way to meet people how how have you guys found the best way to do it going to events going to events has been has been the best way and that's even though we're pretty introverted and not great at, at putting ourselves out there because thankfully there are extroverts. <laughs> I know. Yeah. We're there very are, thankful for extroverts. Yes. There are host couples who are happy to come over and greet us and introduce us to other people. Yeah. Right. So for us, we found that talking to people on uh, Cassidy or any of the other dating websites before going to the events is easier for us because it kind of breaks down that barrier. But Sounds like for you guys, it's easier just to go to the event and and make it happen from there. Is that? Yeah, that's partly because Phoenix seems to be allergic to the websites. <laughs> uh, so I don't. I you know I can go on and I, and I can't take on any more duties. <laughs> I can go onto a website and check out a couple and see if they seem interesting. See who are SVPs, but you know, not everyone who's going to attend will have RSVP'd. Yep, Even exactly. if they did, it might not be all on the same website. And you feel a little com- uncomfortable communicating on behalf of both of us. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is another piece of uh, maybe a little bit of a holdover from that initial reluctance to 
act unilaterally on behalf of us. But um, even online, I really don't like even rejecting invitations on both our behalves because what if Phoenix is interested in going to some random house party on a Tuesday night? Uh, it's unlikely, I think she <laughs> be, but I, I, it's hard for me to know that and without having time to talk it through, and we don't necessarily have the time or energy to talk through every invitation, uh, I'm, I'm a little reluctant. But um, yeah, there have been times when I've turned to her and said, hey, this thing is happening. And she said, oh, we could go to that. Oh, I guess we could. <laughs> uh, but more often we get just so many more invitations than we could ever accept. And I can't accept without talking to her first and even rejecting them is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. So, uh, so the websites have not been, they've been a nice way to keep in touch with people we've already met. They haven't been a great way to meet people ahead of time. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Uh, is there, I guess, is there anything else you guys would want to share with us or with the audience? We love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we love you guys as well. And we're really appreciative that you guys were willing to come on and share a fairly intimate part of your lives with us. So that's, yeah. that's awesome. And just for the, for the people at home that aren't here with us, I mean, we reached out to you guys like four days ago and told you what we were doing and, I don't know that we found much better support from people. It was just like, that sounds awesome. Let's set it up. How can we do it as quick as we can? And it was, yeah, it, it kind of fantastic. blew us away. So we were super happy oh, to great. have your enthusiasm. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really our pleasure. <laughs> so I, I don't know that we have anything else on our end. So we'll, no, so. we'll let you guys get back to probably going to the gym. I would assume is it round three right. for the it's day. For yeah. It's second trip today. Right. Yeah, exactly. Phoenix has some uh, heavy snatches to get to. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, guys. Well, we'll talk uh, soon. Okay. All right. Take care, you guys. Bye. 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 Thank you again to Beast and Phoenix for coming on the show. You guys are amazing, and they have a really incredible relationship dynamic. Uh, one other thing that we wanted to touch on, we looked up the old Dragon Con af <laughs> after the episode and realized that there's fewer dragons there than we thought, but I'm assuming there's still some, and we're hoping that some of them are fucking in the hotel afterwards. You never know. We don't, that's an area we don't know much about. <laughs> so if you are one of those dragons that does that, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear about it. And uh, also, we have an extra episode that we're dropping today for you guys um, normally we're doing one a week, but we decided we're really excited to get these out and we're going to do one extra one this week. The next episode is with our new friends, Bradford and Angela of By the By podcast. Well, we I hope they're our friends. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> we're also wanted to just quickly remind you guys to reach out to us if you have any questions or want to chat or hopefully want to be on our show. Or if you have any feedback. And again, it's how we make the show better and give you guys what you want. Exactly. We want to hear from everyone not just podcasters out there, although we love talking to you as well. And not just swingers either. We need we need everybody to make this exactly. work. Exactly. So don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye.